talk about what God is uh, doing uh, in Africa and uh, different places. And um, I enjoyed very much the uh, songs and just being here. Um, it has been very long time since I had uh, uh, Rosie singing. That that was uh, <laughs> that was brilliant, and uh, also the uh, just the flow from the song to uh, what Sarah said, and what I'm feeling right now is like going together. Uh, you might feel like you are down, and all the time when you try to lift yourself up, and then another thing. Uh, Pull you down and, 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 and again and again. Uh, but I, I enjoy when we sang the song, He's uh, the Hope for All Nations. And something came in my heart if He is the hope for all nations, so He can be a hope for you. He can take care of you. He can take care of us as a community. Uh, with everything going on in the nation, we sometimes feel like we have been pulled down and there is no hope. There is hope. Sometimes things have to die <laughs> to raise up again. Uh, that, that's why sometimes we can fight with our own situation at the point where we feel like we give up and then things go completely wrong and you, you are hopeless and you feel like, okay, this is, I'm done. Everything is gone. And then when you feel like you are dead, someone comes and picks you up. And that's Jesus. That's what God can do. When you feel like you're completely dead, you are not existent, you're gone. Give up. I've done enough. I have tried, 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 and tried again. Nothing good came out of this. Gone. And you are someone else, and then he comes and picks you up. He himself has to die to raise up. He also died. So don't feel like this is the end. It might be the end of you, but not the end of him. He will pick you up. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Uh, this week, I, I just went like someone at work just trying to completely pull me down because I, I am not going to meet a target and I'm asking for extension. Oh, goodness me. It's like, whoa, <laughs> caught you now. It's like I was waiting for you. Bang, bang, bang. And here I'm going, I say, well, I have just given you a weapon to, to kill me. But I, 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 I'm going to be sad because I didn't meet the target and I gave you the weapon, but it doesn't mean that uh, I cannot do what I have to do. It doesn't mean that it is going to change who I am. So I probably have given you a permission to pull me down, but it's not going to change who I am because who I am is what God wants me to be. You see, so... I might even pull myself down and say, well, I have failed, blah, blah, blah. But what is God thinking about me is more important than... So this also happened uh, this year when I was going to Africa. I, I felt like, well, I don't know, I'm just 
uh, I have to go, I have to do something, I feel it strong, and I, I am going to Africa, and this is the time for me. But at the same time, I felt like, I, I don't know if I still have something to, to give out over there. But um, he said, no, <laughs> I am the one sending you there. I love that when God say, I am sending you there. I will be with you. Be courageous. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. And do not dilute the message I'm giving you. And I went, oh, okay. So this should be good. <laughs> this is not about me praying or sacrificing myself, blah, blah, blah. This is about him. So he has seen a need somewhere, and he wants me to be there. So he just wants to use me as a, an instrument in his hands to reach someone. That's it. That's who we are. God can use me. God can use the, you to reach someone who is right now crying, who is right now down. So um, the mission trip was amazing. I think I've just spoken to someone. Uh, this is the message today, what I have just said. So <laughs> if you are in that situation, God is with you. So even if you think you are dying, so you'll die, but he will pick you up. I, I do remember one day, let, let, let me say this. I, I, I was very, very upset and, and completely like ruined, uh, someone ruined my life. And I, I was not even at home, I was in the bush somewhere far away, not with friends or people who can just encourage me. And, and then uh, the enemy just completely attacked me. And I felt like this is the end, that it. I, I, I stop and start thinking, I say, I have a lot of people following me. I have done a lot of things for those people. I feel sorry for them, not for me right now. And I, I, I am sorry if I today decide that I gave up everything. I'm sorry for them, not for me. And the enemy go, yeah. And you know, I, I even dreamed that someone attacked me and then blew my head and then i'm saying and and i don't have the head and i'm going so i'm dead finish yeah <laughs> i'm dead <laughs> finish but i was not dead i didn't have the head but i was alive <laughs> so whoa <laughs> you know those kind of dream when you wake up you are confused he said, whoa, <laughs> I didn't have the, the head in that dream, but I was still alive. Oh. <laughs> this is just to encourage you that <laughs> you might not have your head on you. But <laughs> as long as you're alive, God can do what he can do. He can only do what I can do. <laughs> And from that, I was not dead. I stood up and he told me, actually, 
I created a situation so that I can have you completely. So you can be hurt or whatever, but I want you. I, I'm going, no, but where were you? Why didn't you warn me? Blah, 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 blah. I have no head. And he gave me his head, so God is good. African trip. <laughs> uh, this was uh, a great time for me. I knew it was going to be tough. It was tough on the girls staying here, and I'm traveling for three weeks, and I'm going in a different country, five countries, and I have uh, intensive work in uh, uh, four countries with uh, my agenda with things that was beyond me, and I love those things. I love when I, I have something to do and I move like crazy, but that was beyond me. Um, and I, I, I have to visit, uh, the first country I have to visit was uh, Rwanda, but before that I knew that God has given me the message for every single place I was going. Different places, different situations, different people all the time, and that is crazy for you to be able to cut for all those people. Sometimes it was just individuals where you have to, so it, 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 it was crazy. So um, God gave me the message and promised that he will open opportunities when I am there. So, um, I needed to start with uh, the first country was Rwanda. We can have the picture there. I don't have nice pictures. Took pictures with my phone, so the quality will be uh, uh, not good at all. You'll see other photos. <laughs> so uh, just follow probably the stories. So I started with Rwanda because for me, that country is a message. Because we went through a genocide, 8,000 people, with nearly a million people were dead when I was living five minutes from the border. So I went through that, and that was the saddest time, one of the saddest times in my life, because I have to see those things happening, and I have to pay the price, because it was just five minutes from where I was, and whatever they suffer, I suffered. And God did put something in my heart to pray. So prayer is the key to everything. I started praying, I don't know why. And when I was praying, I was young. And I'm praying for a nation. And it just made me like, I have to pray and it is the only thing. And as I prayed, I felt like, God can change the situation. Only God can do a miracle here. And then the whole country was empty. With ref refugees gone, the whole tribe gone. And I'm going, these people are going to live with us here. They're going to cause us a lot of trouble. I needed them back in the country. And there is no way they will go back in the country because they have just killed nearly a million people. How? One tribe killing the other one is going to live together again. And I just felt like only God can do this. And prayer can make this happen. 
the reason I went there was to witness that that has happened. And the more I prayed at that time, God took me into that country to go and work in reconciliation, talking to those people to see how they reconcile, how they can live again together. And it has been more than 10 years since I was there. And to, uh, last, this trip was for me to go there and just breathe. And feel like, well, so the country has grown up like 10 times. It is the, 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 the most uh, highest country right now in uh, that region because it's growing like a fire. So they have gone from genocide to healing reconciliation, and now they are moving into restoration. So, it is a small country. You should see what is happening in an African country like that. So, so growing like more than 10 times. So, 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 crazy growth in that country. But 20 years ago, it was a disaster. There was no hope. It was finished. It was completely finished. I have worked there. I have seen all the people who were killed there because I went into every single corner of that country working in reconciliation. And today, it is like heaven for them. So that's amazing. I didn't take any photo of all good things. I just took photo of normal life because that's why I, <laughs> uh, that's what I'm most interested. So um, this is Rwanda, and uh, it is one of the most peaceful place in the whole region now. You can sleep peacefully. You can go and visit the gorilla in the bushes. You can go and do anything there. But the scar of one million people is still there. But God has done a miracle. God has done a miracle. My friends live there, and they live with people who have murdered their parents. They live together. I don't have a lot of time to talk about that, but I just needed to say the reason why I love to be there because it is a great place to be and to reflect. And also a great place to remind us that with a little uh, conflict that we have with our in our uh, household, blah, 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 and then people separate, people decided to go, whatever, blah, blah, blah. These people here killed families, each other, and they forgave each other, and they can live together again. That is a hope. That is what God can do. That is what prayer can do. So just to encourage you that things can happen, even if you don't have your head. God can put in your hair on you. <laughs> and then from there, I was visiting Congo, but I have to go through Burundi. And I had so much trouble getting into Burundi. But I understood why I had so much trouble. Because in the website, they say, you can get the visa at the airport. And 
revenue report, they say, no, that is like two years ago, but I thought you definitely update your website. So, <laughs> I have to sit there uh, in the transit area for them to decide. I knew that they were not going to do anything. I was, I was happy I have my ticket returned. I, I was just going out and then I'll come back in a different way. But what actually they wanted, they wanted money. And I was not going to give them any money. <laughs> so I have to stay there two hours. And uh, 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 very peaceful intimidation. You just sit there and no one cares about you. They just say, okay, okay. And I, I was, I had peace, but the reason I was visiting that place was also to visit a few friends I have worked with in that country a long time ago. And one of the most uh, uh, important things for me in this country, uh, <coughs> Burundi, was God told me something. So it was a promise that I'm working toward now after, uh, I will say, like 15 years. So God, I was just in the morning, I wake up. And God told me, if you lift up women, I will bless you. And I was like, what is this? I was young. <laughs> and I have no idea what to do with that. But it was just very simple but strong message. If you lift up women, I will bless you. So I was going there just to, to, to remind myself again that there was something important that has happened here and I needed to do and visit some friends uh, 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 who are very important to me and then cross into Congo. Uh, we can go now to the next uh, picture. Yes, and then I have to go to Congo uh, in a different part of Congo that was also, uh, God gave me a message to go there I used to work there a long time ago when my head was chopped. Those, those after chopping my head, God sent me to this place. <laughs> because I have to stop working and then go with him. And he said, I want you to go there. I said, I've never been there before. Why am I going there? I have no idea even how to go there. And then and it, it was, uh, uh, it, there was war and things going on. And then I have to go there. And it was scary, but... I love being with God in a scary situation because I know he is there with me. He will protect me. Whatever happened will happen to other people, but not to me. And I have seen that in a war country. I have never seen anyone bringing the weapon to me. And uh, I have never seen that. But it has happened to people three meters outside of my house. It has happened five meters in Burundi before I reach a village. Or after me, I will just drive with the car and see blood, and I'm gone. So that's what God can do. He can protect you. And so after my head was <laughs> chopped off, he sent me there. And one thing I liked there was uh, these people here, missionaries, visited this place long time ago from Sweden. And they came and they died there. Like, I, I didn't put that photos in of me standing at the monument, but they came, young people, 20 years old, to preach to African people and thank you for missionaries. 
They brought the good news, but they were not prepared. Malaria killed them. So they died one after another. And they were not transport at that time. That, 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 that is uh, 18 something like that. Completely dead. And they have to just, there were not even communication, nothing. So you send the people and people died. And when the other people who were left in the country uh, heard that those young people died, new young people raised up their hands and they came back. That's why there are so many Christians in that country. So, and then grow up that way, and there have been a lot of good things happening there, a lot of revival, but right now it is just like a dead place. And God gave me a message that God can do it again with them. And that's why I was going there, but I was also visiting one of my friends. He has an hospital there. And I have to go to that hospital. He was supposed to organize a conference, which didn't happen. <laughs> and a big conference. So he's a deputy. He forgot about it. I tried to call him. He didn't pick up his phone. He just decided to go in the capital city and left me in the bush. <laughs> and <laughs> so just a few minutes before I, 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 I was there, and I brought Patrick, one of my friends, to. He's a great man uh, 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 with projects and things like that. So we arrived. I said, I'm calling him. He's not speaking. And we said, this is not a good news. But Patrick, you know what? I have a message for that place. So even if he's not there, I have to go there because I have something. So I have to be there. My feet has reached that place. That's why we decided we are going. So we went. And we reached the place. It was scary, the road. I took the taxi from Bujumbura going to there. And then in the road, the driver was driving fast. And I said, why are you driving crazy? He said, no, no we can't slow down here. <laughs> <laughs> can't slow down here. Blah, 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 blah. This happened, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I have a message. <laughs> so we went there. And then... There was no conference I learned there. There was nothing they didn't know, but he was able to do something for me. So, and I have the hospital. I spend all night praying, and Patrick, I'm trying to stay positive. And Patrick, my friend, going, uh, he, 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 he was also positive. But at the end, he said, this is so disrespectful. <laughs> and I said, I know, but I can't. I know, I know he's a good man. I just stay positive. And in the morning, I change all my plans. I'm going back. Uh, I don't have time to do for this. I, I, we are going back home. But before that, I need to do a visit. So I visited. I woke up and started going like crazy in the hospital with the, the doctor who was there. And then I said, I just need people, anyone. I just need people. So I, in, in half an hour, there were like 30 people saved in the hospital. I went there, pray with them, and they received Jesus. And going like bang, 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 bang. And so I'm going like crazy everywhere. Anyone I met received Jesus. So in that few minutes. And then in the next half uh, an hour, because I said, I am going back. I don't have time for this. But 30 people were saved. And this is just an, a, another little 
Chadu at our hospital, I have to pray for him. And I'm just checking if he didn't have malnutrition because I did work in malnutrition. Can you put the next photos? Uh, I, I, did, I did work 20 years ago in a malnutrition program. So I knew, so when I'm traveling in Africa, I can look at those children and say, there's a problem there, there's a problem here. There's a, and that is why I was there, because we were driving, I was looking at people. And I could read the problem they have. And, uh, 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 and uh, so, um, and then few people came for the conference, like 12 people. <laughs> I'm supposed to have 200 people, <laughs> and I was so mad, and I just said, I don't care about you people here. You are the people. This is the message God sent me to tell you, so you are going to do what I was supposed to do, and you have to receive Jesus right now. And that added to 30 that I already have at the hospital. That was 40 in within an hour. So that was amazing. So, <laughs> so again, God turning something bad to something good. So God is always, so when you feel like, no, I am done, I'm going. So, but, and then something happens. So that's, that's what happened in that uh, place there. It's a great place. It's also a very dangerous place. It's a beautiful valley, beautiful uh, plain, and, and, and one of the most dangerous places. But people are beautiful. There is uh, Burundi, and there is a chain of mountain on there. So it's a very strategic place for rebellious people to hide and do whatever they want. So there is no peace. There's no peace, and these people have been struggling. And I know they are struggling because God's calling is upon them. One of the things I like in that place there was when I visited a place uh, like 15 years ago, the gift of the Holy Spirit was all over the place. And I like two things. The Holy Spirit could come to a old woman and teach her how to read the Bible. And I am going like, what? He said, yes. Every day he come and teach me how to do that. And I said, how did you do that? And he's going, just, I don't know how to tell you. And she brought the Bible. She highlighted the old Bible. And I went. And she told me what made me accept that was she could read the print. But if you write it down, she can't read. That was the proof. <laughs> That's what God can do. Teach you how to read. Not one person. And I was, what? So, um, I do work with that friend of mine. He does come here in Australia uh, from time to time. And I really enjoyed what he is doing. And I, some, from time to time, uh, support what he, he is doing. But it was great for me to, do, to be there and give a message to those 12 people to take it to the village. But I believe the thing was just not those 12 people, but my 
me obeying and go, even if the doors were closed, is significant. So sometimes God can send you and you think that things are not going to happen, but things will happen. And one day I'll go back there and see what is happening there. And uh, they have a lot of projects um, there, but, uh, well, that was one thing in Congo. And then I have to go back Burundi, Rwanda, and then go back in Congo again because I can't travel in my own country. So I have to fly in different countries to go back in my own country because that part is very dangerous. That was fine. And um, I went to Goma. I grew up, no, no, I didn't grow up in Goma, but I lived there for 10 years. And the most significant things that happened into that city here happened when I was there. I had a volcano eruption that burned nearly 30% of, no, 40% of the city and stopped 100 meters from where I was living. I uh, witnessed the first war that started there. This place is called the capital for war. Everyone wants this place. It's just in the border of Rwanda. It's the most beautiful place in Congo. You have uh, the Gorilla Mountain around there. You have volcanoes around there. You have the lake. There is food everywhere, but food grow on the rocks. They don't have soil because it's volcanic, but the ash just produce food and a lot of food. So the most beautiful potato there. And these people here are the hard-working people I've never seen in my country. No help from the government, but they can do business. And they are doing amazing things. But they are always in war. <clears throat> I spent 10 of my life there. I received God calling there, and I was able to be sent by God from there. So it was very significant, and I have a lot of people I have trained there, and I've worked with there, so I wanted to just go back and sit down with them and hear what God has been doing with them. And uh, one of the most important things is they organized an international conference where uh, a lot of people came from different countries, and that was, uh, we can, yeah, that was the conference I was speaking to. And my job was to go back there and tell them the stories of what God has done. We went through the promises of God and see what God has done. Talk about what God has done in their life, just listening to those people. That's amazing stories happening there. And... At the end result, I knew I needed 100 people saved just on that trip. I, 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 it, that was just a thought when I was in the airplane. I said, I'm going to Africa. I'd like to have some people saved. And I, I, I told God, I need, and it was kind of just a flash going in my head. I said, but how many people? I need to have a target. And I said, 100. 70 people were saved. There, every day, I, I, I stood up to do something, people were saved. And we have 70 people. And I was going, yeah, I'm reaching my target. And it was just the most amazing things. And I, I stood up one day at the hotel, and this young man came to me to, to say, hello, how, uh, uh, are you Patrick? I said, yeah, I'm Patrick. And he's looking at me, he said, 
do you remember me? I said, I, I kind of. And he said, I used to be a street kid, and you used to help me. So I helped him. God put in my heart to look after those kids. I didn't have any money, but I could take them. I could buy soap and give them to go and wash their clothes and talk to them about Jesus and just help them, whatever I have. So we shared. And I took them into the church in the evening. I would pray for them, just encourage them to go back home. or to. And that kid stayed in the road for a long time. And then he, they say, I am a good Christian. I have a family now, and I am working. He was a great driver. So he said, and I'm going, what? He said, yes. And he said, so even those other friends you were helping us with, this one has finished university, that one. So there is, I, I'm going, you have just made my day today. <laughs> so a lot of stories like that of things you have done and gone and I have no idea, just think. But when you go back, they're always amazing. So uh, that was an amazing, amazing time that I spent there. I wish I could stay there for longer and help those people. And they did also help me a lot by telling me the stories of what has happened. But that was not the only things I went there for. I also went there because I needed to visit um, Next, next um, photo, please. So I needed to visit uh, two centers. But this photo here is very significant to me because I heard that the church, when I was here, you used to pray for the girls, uh, Nigerian 200 girls in the bush. And one of my friends, this one, just the second after me, worked with an international organization. And he told me he has seen some of those girls. They are still alive. I don't have any explanation of why are they still in the bush, but I was happy to hear that when you pray for things, God can still do it. I have no idea why they are still in the bush, but he saw that. He saw them in Nigeria because that's where he went. And he also came to the conference, a great man of me. And so the next photo is the saddest story for me. So this photo here has changed uh, a lot of things in me and uh, just make me take a new step. So I knew I was visiting uh, people who are sexually abused. And I thought it was just going to be because I lived there and a lot of things has been happening. I witnessed that with my friends being abused by soldiers and things like that. But it has been a long time. And in the news, we could hear that that place is the capital city of rape and blah, 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 blah. And I said, I have to go and see that and hear 40 people sitting in front of me. And that, what shocked me was, uh, I will change the language, but what shocked me was they were there. I went closer. They were not just women. They were kids. Those 40 people sitting there, from 12 to 15, 
years with one probably 30 years old women uh, among them. So they are, that thing happened to them multiple times because they live in the bush. There's no security, no one can help them. Anyone can, and that is done systematically to just humiliate the whole community and tell them, you are stupid. When you see me coming here, you don't have to put your hands up or do anything because I am the master. And I am the master here of you, and you not only going to be done that, you're pregnant, but you also have to work in the mining for me. And that mining, that place where they live just around the Goma there is the mining that produces the phone that you have in your hands and the computers that you use. So these people here suffer. I love my phone and I love everyone to have the phone. But there is a story behind your phone. Someone is suffering. To get this thing cheaper, people have learned that they have to go there, start a war, and get the things cheaper. They can finance themselves, and the big company, they can buy it at cheaper price, and the market is good, and everyone is happy. But these people are not happy. They think they are cursed. Why us? Have you ever been in a situation where there is no hope? You don't know what is coming because things have gone wrong so many times. There are things that you can handle as a human being, but this you can't handle. This you can't handle. This you can't handle. And they have reached the level where they think like God so we are just cursed people. And this is how it is. So there's no hope. So just prefer to go. They, some people have helped them to build that building, but inside that building, so these women here, they are guided there to be helped by the doctor. Those are my friends, they are doctors. That's a, an hospital there. There is a system there to help them, but it is just because of people helping them to do that. They can go and collect them. So if they are at the hospital within three days of what happened, that happening, they can, the doctor can help avoid uh, infections and AIDS and uh, other things if it is within 72 hours of that happening. But that is a shameful thing to say in that community. You say it, you are back in again. So what happened is they don't say anything. They just die. So this one were courageous, found, and they brought them to the center. So they're at the center because they were over three, uh, uh, 72 hours. So the doctor have to deal with the infection, have to lead with pregnancy, have to uh, uh, help with all the uh, emotion state, there is a psychologist there, just one person, it is not going to go anywhere. That broke my heart. That killed me. And I said, you think, I, I am here to first apologize 
for what has happened to you because what you can see is just a man is a man. He will do that again and again and again. But there are good men. There are good people in this world who are praying for you, who loves you. Please, on behalf of those people, forgive me. And um, I promised them. I said, I don't like this thing of asking people to help. But right now, I'm going to be your voice. I am going to be your voice. And that reminded me, remember in Burundi, I said, God told me, if you lift up women, I will bless you. That connection just came straight away because of these people here who have no voice. No voice. I kind of lost it there. And I told these young people, if I hear that one of you did this to one of your sisters, I will send you to the police. I want to be your friend. But this is happening not in the city, but outside where there is no rule at all. And they have to come to be rescued in the town. So they are 12 to whatever 16 years, so they need to go back to school. They can't go back to school. The culture there is different to here. You are pregnant, so you, you, you are just not. Or you have been. So that's, and the saddest thing is even parents feel ashamed and they reject you. So those people don't have parents. They don't have where to go. You are 12 years old. You don't have parents supporting you. Or maybe your parents are gone. And you have a baby. What are you going to do with that? So we are helping some of them to send them back to school and prepare them for that and send them back to school. We are also, we have decided this is what I'm going to do or what I've started doing is make a way a training for them to train them so that they know how to handle the community again. And they are going back to the community as uh, mature, they have to be considered that, even if they are not. They have children to look after. When the problem happens to everyone, no one is ready to help. That is the problem. Or someone who is ready to help doesn't have any money or can't. So we are praying. I am praying, and my friend there, I said, we can do something. And what we can do is set up a system of training them how to handle uh, the community, but also set a program of um, uh, small business that someone can help them just run so that they can survive. Someone can take the, ch the child, but they don't have parents, and everyone has problems. But if there is someone who is enabled to enable them, that is the only thing I could do. And the most important thing I said I will do is I will stand up and talk about them. Talk about them. I have to go <laughs> a little bit faster now. And not only the problem that this thing caused there, bring this, but also parents and other people in the bushes are 
uh, and we have a lot of orphans. And someone has to pick them up. And if they know that you have an orphanage or something like that, they just drop them and go. That's the next uh, picture. The, uh, the next picture are those young people. You can see even the, the body of those uh, little girls. Okay. Uh, and some of the support you guys gave us, I lost it and went to them. I said, they don't have somewhere to sleep. So they, they sleep in the concrete. I didn't say that. I should. They sleep in the concrete. So you, oh, the, every single bad thing happened to you, and you are pregnant, and you sleep on the concrete. How do you feel? <laughs> that's, that's what happened to them. They sleep in the concrete. Goodness me. So I, I gave them some, I said, what I can do is first, symbolically, just cover your shame with some clothes. So I just have to buy something and cover the shame because there's nothing I could do. And that is what we are giving out there. But next picture is the orphan. orphan Okay, those are still, yeah. This woman here has 160 often around her. So anything that happened around the city, they just bring those kids and drop them there. She doesn't have a job and she has to look after those kids. I just remembered one thing that God also told me to look after this kind of kid as I looked after that street guy. I still think there is a hope for everyone. You can give someone a chance to live and make a difference. And the message I had for them is, I used to be a kid like you too, probably without hope. And all, all the children here, they don't know what's coming tomorrow. If they live in a poor place, the picture they have is, this is who we are. They don't have dreams, but we can help them to dream. As long as they are alive, they can dream. There's no difference between me and those kids, or you and those kids. God is God, and God can do something. And I can enable someone to dream again. I can enable those little girls to dream again. I can enable these children here to dream again. Just hoping that something can change. We all have hope. If you don't have hope, you die. And someone has to speak to these people. Someone has to lift his hands up to do something. You can't help the whole nation, but you can help one person. That can also help another person. That is my understanding of how to help people. I don't care if I can help millions of people, but if I help one person, that person can help another person. So, next picture. They have 160 children, one tank of water, rain water. So if they need water, they have to go to the lake. It is meters away, or like three kilometers. And they have one thing. And I said, I think 
if someone can do something like that, just give them drinking water, that's the something. Just use the building that they have around there and give them more water. At least someone can drink. And I said, this is what I'm thinking, and this is why I said this visit has changed me. Someone who is clever can design a program that could produce a little bit of money or a little bit of meat, like in rabbits. Doesn't require a lot of things to do, just grass. Give to the rabbit, and the rabbit can produce every three months. That can help one child. They don't have that first money to, to, to start things or to build a rabbit thing. Right? It is something that I believe someone can do. And tomorrow or 20 years later, someone will stand up and say, I used to be there. But someone from somewhere helped me. And I can testify that. As I did with that street boy, I didn't have any job at all. I lived miraculously in that city, but I still helped someone who today can stand up and say, I have a family, I have a house, I have children and wife, but I used to live in the street. Hope is here. Jesus is our hope. We can give that hope to someone. Next picture, please. And uh, Rebecca and I have been helping uh, other children in Africa, and one of them is going to university now. If you saw last year, we, 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 we just opened up if someone would put his hands up. And that, that little girl, I told dad, his dad, I said, this child is going to school. I don't care. He said, I don't have money. Said, He's going to school. And he has gone to school. The child, she has gone to school. The parents have passed away a long time ago, and the child is still going to school. The child feels good. She feels good. Because she's going to uni now. Because someone puts the hand up and says, you are going to school. And school is everything over there. Kid, he can neglect school. There, going to school is heaven. Next country is Tanzania. That's where we used to be missionary. That's where the church uh, supported us a lot, and the church was a great support. And we have done a lot of things. Those African guys there on the left are people Rebecca has trained. They have become principals of schools, so they are looking after hundreds and hundreds of uh, kids uh, in Tanzania uh, and a lot of teachers that Rebecca and Linda who is just closer to me they started the, uh, the school the tr uh, teacher Christian teacher training school for ed uh, Christian education and that school is going like amazing so schools are coming out of the work they have done and the whole country is just going crazy. So uh, I was just there to visit and see what they are doing. And um, 
in this country, I felt a little bit better when I went to Tanzania because it wasn't too hard. But uh, a lot of money that we saved when we were missionaries, because we were tough missionaries, <laughs> we saved quite a lot of money and we did have uh, some put aside. And when we came to Australia, we said, that is staying there to do some mission. And uh, Pastor Julius, one of my friends, is an African guy who does uh, take children in his church often and give them into families and train those families small business. And then they could look after those children instead of sending them to the orphanage. So we have been working with him in that for a long time. So, and then uh, we moved to uh, Massa, and that's Pastor Julius here. He's looking at that uh, brick and telling me we need this brick to build. <laughs> it's called, this is at the Joshua Foundation where uh, we were just visiting, but it's showing me that we need the machine to build this. I said, that's, that's great. That doesn't use any cement. You just make a brick with mud and build very strong, so you only have to do the length. The, 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 the bit outside of cement, and it is much, much cheaper and very strong. So uh, he's a great guy. So we just trusted him. You know how you can trust someone and say, I don't care. If you lose it, you lose it. If you take it, it's up to you, you and God. That's what we said. Have it. We are gone. He has done an amazing job. He sent four his children to university, they have finished. And then when they finish, he puts all the money into mission. So he has created a lot of things. One of the things is, next, next picture, please, is we started, he started that school, uh, just a community in Maasai land, where women and children are considered like things anymore. And Maasai people can go to any women and do anything. And they, they, they are vulnerable people, so they, they run away and they don't have any. So we have created a little um, community center where they can come and train those young women sewing and doing things so that they can support themselves. And the Maasai kids don't go to school. They have to look after the cattle. And today, in that society, that doesn't work. It doesn't always render. It's tough. Those kids need to be sent. And they are one of the most clever children in Tanzania, Rebecca knows that. When you have a Maasai studying, they are just very clever, very sharp. And they don't go to school. So we have created that center to uh, started a little school there where they can come to school and then they'll go to the cattle later. But give them chance to be people who can face today's society. Parents don't care about them, but moms and those children care. That's why those children are there. I really love them. We have two classes, two, 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 two classes, but <laughs> you have everything happening in those two classes. So we, we have kindergarten, two kindergarten. We have uh, year one and two, so they, they share two, two little classrooms. But what is happening there is just amazing. So I just wanted to see if what Julius was telling me was true. 
<laughs> I don't care about the photos. I need to be there and see. So I, I was there. I saw that. And he's doing an amazing job. So we have the next photo is those uh, women just learning how to sew and they can sell those things and get a little job and actually look after themselves or the children that they have. Or somebody forced them to have. So the next photo is, that is just a water tank and, um, uh, what's that again? The, well, whatever it is, I forgot the name in English anyway. <laughs> so that thing, that purify the water. So, yeah, so the what? The filter, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so those are filters, so the water come from there and filtered the sand, there's a system that make that, and then the children can drink that water. That's why they are there. So they are the only thing that are there. So if there is no rain, there is no water. And they only have that in one little building. So uh, I'm thinking of how to help them because they can't keep going to school in an empty stomach. In Africa, people don't eat breakfast. You just wake up and go to school. You'll eat whenever your parents give you what to eat. And if, as a Maasai child, you are out, you are not with the cattle, you can't even drink because what they can do is when they look after the, the animal, they can just go and drink some milk from the animal. But if you are at school, then you are not valued. You are nothing. You have to be in the bush. So this kid needs some food. And that is the little uh, kitchen there. And in the little think behind that we have two cows there so that they can give them a little bit of milk in the morning to help them, but that is it. As you can see the land, it is dry. It's no rain, there's nothing there. And these kids have to travel kilometers to come to the center. The center is just like in the middle where they can reach. Other schools are very far. We didn't have the plan to start the school, but because the school are very fun, they are dropping down. So we, need to, we, we made this like a place where they can go and learn how to write and read. You could even see, I think, in that previous photo, what they use as material is just anything they can find to learn how to count or read. So that's uh, what is there. So we, next photo, please. I am finishing now. Those are those women from the uh, community, they come there to meet. They come there to do everything. That is like their little refuge, their little hope, when you have no hope. And the next photo is, no, the photo before that, sorry. Can I? Uh, no. Sorry, yeah. can you go after that photo? We'll come back to the photo with the Bible in a few minutes. Yeah, I will talk about that. Yeah, next one. Next photo. Yes, so Julius is a very clever person. So when he has a little bit of money, he thought, well, we are not always going to wait for someone to come and help us. So he started buying land in where it is a little bit fertile so that we can plant trees. When those trees grow, the return can go into those projects. 
So you can send someone to school, you can do something, but it is just the beginning of that project. So it's taking me today to show me what is happening. There are acres of land that he's buying somewhere far from where he lives, but it's a great place. I really enjoyed that. And uh, <laughs> I, he, he's planting uh, eucalyptus and uh, other trees. It will take a long time, but that is how we think. 10 years and 20 years. I am not going to need someone to give me money because that money can help them. So why not change the way we think? And if we have any leftover money, we can buy land and plant trees and leave that. And then focus in a little bit of money we can get from here and there, help this generation. The next generation or the other generation could benefit from someone who is thinking for the future. Even when I am not there or Julius is not there, but a child will be helped. That's, that's there. And we are starting this year. God has opened a door for us to learn a few projects. So we'll be probably doing the honey keeping project for the community. They can sell the honey and get some money for, for school, but we don't have any money for that. We just have the project. We also have another project of rabbits that could produce uh, up to 3,000 a year. 1,000 if the project is run the way it should. So, and I think that's a great thing. So it will cost like whatever 8,000, but when it is set, if they can get a return of 3,000 every year, that for me is wonderful thing. I don't have to keep <laughs> giving them whatever. They can do that themselves. And that's me. I, always, I don't give money. I teach people w how to do things so that they can look after themselves. And they can also teach to their children. So even that planting tree project is to help them see that they can do something. And that thing can help them later. And it is also helping the community because they need the rain and they have cut all the trees and they're suffering now because of that and blah, 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 blah. So this is helping them and could help. So you cut down one tree, you plant two or three trees. So, and for me, I think that is how you look after the land. That's how you look after your generation. And the last thing is that photo of people with the Bible. Can you go back there? That's the last thing. Julius is also doing underground mission with Islamic uh, communities. It is very hard to preach an Islamic. You have to do it differently. You can't do it publicly. So, because once they know that they are converting to Christianity, they will be isolated, even killed. That is how it is. It hasn't changed. Even if it is your wife, you will kill the person. Or if the wife found that you the man has changed religion. He will tell someone to come and... Okay. Right. So the mission that Julius is doing is underground. How does he do that? You secretly talk to people about Jesus. And for an Islamic person to get converted doesn't happen in one message. It happened in a series of messages because they have questions. 
if Jesus was God, you have to explain them to understand. And also, they will tell you things like, well, if Jesus, if the people who were supposed to die on the cross were the people who were cursed, why was Jesus dead on the cross? So he was cursed. Why would you believe in someone who was cursed? You have to explain him why you believe that and why it is what it is. After answering those questions, like, well, Jesus called, uh, uh, who's that? <laughs> Peter, demon. Why would you believe in a demon? Because he was a demon. You have to <laughs> answer all those things, and then they will put their hands up because they understand. They don't know the Quran or the Bible sort of things. They just believe and take time. Julius does that, but does that secretly by, if he's preaching to a, a how do you call it? Sheik, the, 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 the leader, talk to the leader. If the leader accepts Jesus, you leave the leader in the mosque. He continue to do his work in the mosque, but he's a Christian. <laughs> So if you teach, or if you win a wife, the wife stay in the mosque, but she is a Christian. In a mo if it is the child, the child stay there, but the child is a Christian. So the network now have to be, I will take this leader here, and another leader there, secretly they can meet, because they are all Christian. But the wives and children don't know. And the child in that family goes to another child, same age, and create a network like that. So it is, they work in a different network. Unless they all found after each other. Some of the stories are dad found that a child was going to church or is a Christian and go. Uh, and the child go, I'm very sorry. And the dad go, I am also a Christian. <laughs> So that's what is happening. So God used this trip to open big doors for them when I was there in Tanzania. And uh, some of the connection we have with Rebecca there, they've been looking to connect with those local people, but they didn't know how to. But with my presence there, we have been able to connect them. They have resources, but they didn't have the people. So we had the people and we didn't have resources. So they have Bibles sitting on the stores. And these guys were able to take those Bibles and take it into that underground uh, movement that is going there. Because 50% of the population is Islamic and 50% is probably called themselves Christian. So it is a tough place to be and to work. But God, as I said at the beginning, told me to go because he has things to do. So uh, being there has opened a lot of doors for a lot of people to be there and do uh, a lot of uh, things. Um, I would like to thank you very much for listening. and. Uh, There was a verse I needed to read, um, James 
1 and 27. I'll just, just finish by doing that. And Colossians. And before I read those verses, or you can write them down and read it yourself, is God has put in our hearts to start an NGO here in Australia. If we have anyone who is willing to help somebody, you can use that as a meaning because my strength is connection. And I know people who are in need. And I know people who can help them without spending a lot of money on administration. If you send 100% and only probably 20% to reach those people. And we can reverse that by reaching those people with 90% and probably use 10% on sending transfer or whatever, things like that. And that is what God is putting in our hearts. And we are really uh, trying to set that up and we need some help, a lot of prayer, a lot of people with big hearts. We don't know what we are doing, but we are doing it because we have the heart. And if we can even get that to the point where it is tax-free, thank you, God, for that. Because someone will be helped somewhere. God bless you. Just remember, even if you don't have your head on, you are still alive. Just stay here, stay here for a minute. How amazing 